Greetings in the name of Jesus. This is Rob Hames. This is 15 Minutes with Jesus. Today's program is called An Habitation of God. Let's turn to Psalm 132, verse 1. Lord, remember David and all his afflictions, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty God of Jacob. Surely I will not come into the chamber of my house or go up to the comfort of my bed. I will not give sleep to mine eyes or slumber to mine eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, an habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. King David loved God. It was in his heart to build the temple of the Lord, a habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Let's go to John chapter 4. This is when Jesus met the woman at the well, Jacob's well. And she said to him in verse 19, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitly framed together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for inhabitation of God through the Spirit, in whom all the building, fitly framed together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are builded together in one accord in the truth for inhabitation of God through the Spirit. The building is fitly framed together by the Lord. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. There are many houses that were not built by the Lord. The Lord builds the house by preparing his people through many trials and tribulations to purify them and make them white. He gives unto them various gifts and ministries according to his will and brings them together by his Spirit, a people in one accord to love the Father and offer to him spiritual sacrifices acceptable unto him. 
Let's turn to Psalm 133, verse 1. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon, descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. The Lord builds a people together in the truth of his word, the apostles' doctrine. In Acts 2, we see that the disciples continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. The apostles' doctrine is the New Testament, as it is written. They continued in fellowship, in breaking of bread, and in prayers. So the Lord builds a people together in the truth of his word, in the fellowship and power of the Holy Spirit. Brethren can only dwell together in unity in the truth of God's word, in the fellowship with the Father and with Jesus and with one another through the Spirit, only in the true doctrine of Christ. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. If lies are accepted, if there is sin not being confessed and repented of, there is no real fellowship or unity. There is no habitation for the Lord. There is no fellowship, light with darkness. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Almighty. Chapter 7, verse 1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Let's go to 1 John, chapter 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. 
chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Verse 5. Whosoever keeps his word, in him truly is the love of God perfected. In verse 15 we read, Love not the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. In verse 16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, But he who does the will of God abides forever. Remember Jesus said in Matthew 7, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going into the kingdom of heaven, but they that do the will of my Father. He said, Many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out devils and done many wonderful works? And then I will say to them, Depart from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. He said, they that do the will of my Father, those are the ones that will be going into the kingdom of heaven. Galatians 5.24 They that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Galatians 6.14 But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. The church needs a revelation of this. We are to be a holy habitation for the Lord and offer up to Him spiritual sacrifices acceptable to Him through Jesus Christ. We must love Him and worship Him and serve Him with all our hearts as He has so loved us that He gave His only begotten beloved Son a living sacrifice for our sins to bring us into this fellowship in Him and to give us eternal life. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. Whoever falls on this rock will be broken to pieces, but on whomsoever it falls, it will grind him to powder. We must come to Jesus and let him break us and build us together a holy temple unto the Lord, an habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Again, Ephesians 2.22, In whom you also are builded together, for inhabitation of God through the Spirit. Let's turn to John 17. This is when Jesus was praying to the Father shortly before he was crucified. I need to read verse 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Verse 16. Referring to his disciples, Jesus said, They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. 
I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. You know, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my words. He said in John 8, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. 1 John 5, 3 For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. If we love Jesus, we will continue in his word, and we will be sanctified through the truth. We love him because he first loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. 1 John 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him.